Hello again, and welcome to Super Deluxe Gamescast for Thursday, July 16th. If you're not aware, SDGC meets right here every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines and the politics about the art form and the industry. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, thank you for joining us tonight. Feel free to stick around. Now, before we go any further, I have a very special surprise I have anxiety. Uh, what, what's that? <laughs> I said I have anxiety. Why would you have anxiety? Continue. We'll find out oh. why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me make sure it's ready to go. Oh, oh, looks like it's actually going through the approval. Oh, here it is. Yes, here it is. Are we ready what? for this? I created us a new emote. We got a new emote, and oh, it's no. in honor oh. of our wonderful producer, Derek. So here it is oh, no. in the chat. Here it is in the chat. Boom. Oh, no. Oh, no. Boom. oh shit. That's cute. Yeah. Pogger, Poggers Derek yeah. made it over to Twitch. That drunk photo of me. It's just awful and I love it. Blasted out of my mind. That is the second yeah. most drunk I've ever been in my entire life. I think it's adorable. <laughs> well, Derek, you can't not be adorable. Shit. Let's be real. Bam here. that shit in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> John, do you see the chat? You didn't have to tell them. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, were all over it. <laughs> Derek, that one's for you, buddy. Oh, I have to resubscribe to us. I'm not even a subscriber. What? <laughs> Your own <laughs> social media guy doesn't subscribe to his Jesus. It's because my Prime oh. doesn't re-up my sub automatically. <laughs> I'm sorry, I let the entire show down. Exposed. I'll, I, I'll resign I, I, after this episode, don't worry. I want to see. I want to see a ton of. Look at the fucking. It, it can't. <laughs> it can't be stopped. No. It can't be stopped. <laughs> oh my god, this is great. So anyway, uh, welcome to SGGC. It's Thursday night. We have a great guest tonight. Uh, this is actually Kate. This is your first time on the live show, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Me, yeah, because I was on the the PS5 stream thing. I did. You that. were on the stream, yeah. Yeah, but this is my first time on a show show. So hi. So, so Kate, I don't want to speak for you. Why don't you tell everybody in chat who you are and what you do? I am Kate Sanchez. I am the editor in chief of But Why Do Geek Community. We're a community of writers and podcasters who just get together to talk about all things pop culture. We do written reviews and podcasts on our website of movies tv manga anime comic books and video games and pretty much anything else that we can fit into um so i manage all of that piece and then i also podcast on the side i'm a podcaster for but why though the podcast as well as did you have to which is an anime podcast that is really just our thirst trap that we just do nothing but thirst for different anime <laughs> men in, and sometimes talk about problematic things in <laughs> you are you are literally speaking Derek's language right now. <gasps> I mean, you I'm like a, the himbos. Oh well, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love everybody. <laughs> Derek actually, uh, Derek was there when I watched my first ever anime. Yeah, I showed oh. him his first ever anime. It was uh, yeah, Princess it was Mononoke. Not, Princess, Princess Mononoke. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and yeah, then, no, it was great. And then the very next day, I made him play Hyperdimension Neptunia. <laughs> 
I remember that. <laughs> and yeah, I think I we broke don't. Him. Just from one end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we don't. We don't. We don't talk about. We don't talk about that. That three hours on this podcast. <laughs> like one minute I'm playing a really bad just anime game, but the next minute two anime girls are on top of each other and they're covered in bandages. And I was like, "What is?" I happening? forgot about that. In my defense, yeah. I, <laughs> thank you thank you for to that be Derek. honest what you just said sums up the majority of shonen anime yeah i mean so. it's it's <laughs> completely unacceptable but we're here for it anyway of course of course i'm well, personally a fan of fan service it just yeah. depends on how it's done exactly. right 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 yeah Anime well, Kate, boobies are some of the best boobies. That is my quote for today. I had, I had and John can speak to this earlier. Um, I was playing, uh, I was streaming some Batman Arkham Asylum. It's been forever since I played it. Poison Ivy came up and I'm sitting here like, look, this is not like, there's good and bad things about design. this design. Like, I kind of like the way they're doing the vines. It's like henna tattoos, but like, you know, the outfits just uh, like, uh, you know, like really not great. But then she kills me and there's this shot of her like this. And I'm like, look, this is un acceptable <laughs> according to feminism but also step on me <laughs> so I will, I will push back a little bit and say feminine doesn't say that women can't be sexy well sure sure and sure only it's, walk around in a little button shirt yeah yeah it's just that it's everywhere and it's everything and we'd like more variety but it's the duality of man being like That's we could do fair. better at this but also somebody oh, uh I, I want Poison Ivy to step on me in any, any exactly. Anyway, I just I, I just want somebody to gift Derek saying "step on me" so <laughs> so I can throw it out on so I can throw it out. On Julian Twitter. will have it but, by uh, the end of the night. I'm, Kate, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I have to say I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I see it with the official account now, and I saw Reb's tweet from uh, Ring Fit with the fucking chain. <laughs> 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 that me. game. Why? <laughs> she knows that why. game is that game is like I don't care what anybody says. Ring Fit is horny as fuck. You see dude, that, that dragon? Game. You see the big buff dragon? Dude, that dude? game is fucking horny. Yeah, like <laughs> this seems like a thing with Nintendo games. Game. I remember a lot of tweets about Arms as well when that game came out. <laughs> I'm playing well, the wrong Nintendo games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, Kate, I'm I'm serious. Jeff, Jeff, Ring, Ring nobody Fit is horny. was really nobody was focused on the Arms in Arms. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> Kate, I am I'm really glad you're here. I've I've been a fan of uh, what you do on But Why Though for some time now. Uh, also, But Why Though, and it, it, that's just a great name. Like that, that's just a fantastic name for Thank for you. a platform. Yeah, I yeah I love that. Um, <laughs> and we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, but are we going to start with what we've all been playing uh, recently? Is do, do we want to jump into that? Um, because if you don't mind. Quick. Yeah, I just I want to say real quick that CrossCode, after about 56 hours, I'm not done with the game yet, and it is easily in my top 10 games of all time. Wow. Um, everything about this game sings, from the visuals to the combat to the story to the relatability of the characters to the amazing soundtrack. Everything meshes together. It is basically the high-definition SNES uh, action JRPG I have wanted for years and years, and now I have it. And it, it is just from top to bottom a a wonderful experience. And there's more uh, content coming uh, from Radical Fish. Uh, it's a it's like a fake MMO, so so it makes sense that they would want to keep putting out more content. And I am I am hoping for years and years of of cross code content because without spoiling anything, this 
the lore and the story behind this is is absolutely great. And there's some really, really heartfelt moments uh, that I was not prepared for in this. And I just I could not be happier with how this game turned out. I'm, I'm so I'm so jazzed about it. I just wanted to say that. I'm really happy. Sorry, I'm distracted by the black hole yeah, the on cat, Justin's the kitty. <laughs> That's a good kitty right there. The, the void just passed through uh, my, my webcam. Kate, uh, I hear you've been playing something kind of fun. I have. I have been playing Ooblets. It is amazing. Uh, it's developed by an indie studio in Seattle, that, and it's made by two people. And it is easily one of the most, like... I don't know, I logged in and the game opens with, with a screen that says your life was toot and now you're moving to this island that's not toot with ooblets. And it, it was just like, one, I've been extremely exhausted. I've had a really hard week, just like work and everything. So for me to sit down, I, I got my, my review code um, earlier this week and when I sat down, it was like my own little island that I just got to play with adorable little creatures um it's it's pastel and vibrant and honestly one of the best things about it is that i love farming games and i love simulators but i always tell about the replayability with how quickly it, things become chores and for this game it's really cool because it has a uh, deck building element when you do uh, dance battles with your little ooblets that you collect and it, it, it keeps it fresh and light and fun. And they're like these little animations where your ooblets shake their butts. It's it's great. I love it. It is everything I want in video games. <laughs> this is an early access game, right, Kate? No, I yeah. just, didn't it just leave early well, access? It's on, it's, on, it's on games preview right now. Okay. Okay. Xbox, yeah. Yeah, I, th I thought the early access just started today. Yes, it just started. That's it what started, it is. yes. Okay. It started on the 15th. So, okay. so okay. is is this like is this like uh, I I mean I know about Ooblets and I I I haven't been able to play it. Like, is, is there so like when you say early access, is there like online functionality to this game? Like, is it so? Is it something I, that? So when I've gone in, and this is probably real bad on me for not. Fin it, I I think that there is there is online capabilities, but personally, I've I haven't done any of that. I've just okay. been on my island. Um, so I'm not too sure. Um, I only ever I've been on my own little island dancing with my my little friends. So <laughs> if if only we could all be on our own little islands dancing with our friends, <laughs> like I we call that uh, we call that uh, PAX. <laughs> yeah. uh, only we 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 call that we call that drinking in the Westin uh, at our individual <laughs> tables at at PAX. And the uh, island and is a two foot cot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, Jeff. Was our island the murder hotel? Uh, the, I don't know if that was the island. I felt like that was the depths of the ocean that I was, that was trying to escape. That was Davy Jones' locker that we were <laughs> yeah. that we were stuck in. Uh, uh, Kate, have you been playing anything else? A hell of a lot of, or well, I was playing a hell of a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen, but I haven't hell played that in a yes. while. Yes, that's that. That's that's the only other game I've played probably in the last month. So, Kate, are we? Yeah. Why are you not on my friends list in Final Fantasy? I don't 14? know what server are you on. You don't. Have, we don't have to be on the same server. That's that's fair, but I want to know. I'm on Ultros. Oh, I'm on Levi. Oh, 
<laughs> Ultros is where it's at. I woke gotta... up at, I set an alarm to wake up at 2 a.m. so that I could get into Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> I I still get uh, cues on the weekend when I I love seeing that game perform so well. Oh yeah, uh, well, I mean Shadowbringers, man, like that it mm-hmm. opened it up to so many new people. Um, but Emmett I, I Selkin- even... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Emmett Selk is a top three Final Fantasy villain. Like, that, he fucking rules. That guy rules. Uh, we got 19 minutes that we talked about Final Fantasy on the podcast. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. It's, it's, been, it's been quicker. Don't worry. I'll work on... Hey, I'll, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll try to bring those numbers down. <laughs> we made it, like, an hour and a half on The Last of Us 2 spoiler cast. That was, I think, the record. I know, I'm dogging it. I'm dogging it. I'm dogging it. Uh, all right. Like... I, I'm like with Final Fantasy because we, my husband and I play games together, and that's what's one of the reasons why we're together because it's just a really easy. He doesn't get mad at me if I go into your room for 10 hours and don't come out because we're talking <laughs> in a video game. Um, <laughs> but like we've played different MMOs together and different games together. Um, and Final Fantasy 14 is the one that I can just like really get into. Like I loved WoW when it first came out, but like there's something about WoW that just isn't my thing right now the final fantasy 14 is pretty and amazing and i will spend an hour just with my gear because it's pretty much an anime <laughs> uh, i'm sorry uh go ahead justin zeke was just laying on my keyboard and i was trying to shoo him off and he went to swap my hand and fell off the table oh, hell yeah so oh wait i mean that's terrible that's <laughs> what i meant F with in the chat terrible. for zeke and, can we can we get some Derek? He's a we cat. He landed on his feet. Let's get some Derek Poggers in the chat for for Zeke. Uh, <laughs> John, the Derek Poggers have been there the entire time since we. Oh, I just, I want more. Somebody I need more. Baby Yoda, which is right there. Aww. Oh, that he's, is a, oh, sh- he's too big to fit on any of the shelves that he's sitting on top of, so he stays on top. <laughs> I can see the ears <laughs> from here. He's yeah. enormous. He's huge. Oh my. Oh my god, so why small? Derek, what have I done? I'm sorry. <laughs> I Derek, invited I this apologize. I invited this on myself, let's be honest. <laughs> so, uh who wants to go next? Uh Jeff? Yeah, I'll, I'll go real quick. Yeah, um, come on, man. So, yeah, I've been playing Death Stranding. I waited for the PC version cuz I uh, I didn't want to pay full price for the PS4 one at the time and I wasn't in a super big rush to um to play it and uh, it's a weird, I, I've been on, like, I have pretty much ignored everything about the game. I muted everything. I wasn't, like, worried about spoilers. I just wanted to go into it as fresh as possible. Um, and despite Kojima's issues and stuff like that, like, I, mechanically, I love all his games. He always does something different and fresh and tries new ideas, and sometimes people fucking hate them. But, like, every Metal Gear Solid game has at least a couple weird, new, quirky mechanics, um... And Death Stranding is like weirder than I ever thought it could be. It's it's basically like a cur- I'm sure everyone knows this by now, so I feel dumb talking about it, but it's like a courier game. Like it's like a delivery terrain puzzle game. And it's super weird, but it's super chill. And I don't know, like I thought it would be really depressing because it's less cloudy and gloomy and gray, but the landscape is like actually super beautiful and it's pretty relaxing, just kind of trudging through mud with like 500 pounds of cargo on my back. I don't know. I, I can't describe it, but it's just a really, uh, when I'm not being attacked by like weird black goo monsters, it's um, it's a, just a really relaxing game. Uh, and it <laughs> looks incredible. Uh, I'm going to lose. It is a really good looking here. game. Yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, it's, um, 
it's using Nvidia's new DLSS uh, 2.0 on on PC, and it uh, it looks sharper than native 4K, and it still runs amazingly well on a lot of hardware. So it's a a really impressive PC version. And if this is like what we're going to get from Sony first party or Decima games on PC, um, Horizon's coming out next month, I think, in August. Uh, I hope it's uh, similar because it's really impressive, and it's just cool that more people get to experience these kind of games. So. Um, yeah, I'm not yeah, very far I'm, in, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm not going to lie, Jeff. I literally, like, we spent years wondering what the hell Death Stranding was, and I I daily forget that it even exists. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I'm like, oh, I, yeah, Death Stranding is a thing. You know, like, I talk yeah. about this all the time, but it comes into play with a lot of media. Like, the, it's always more interesting when you don't know something than when you know what it is it's it, yeah. it's the way movies work it's the way games work that mystery is always more compelling than whatever the actual uh reality is and it was I, inevitable I um but you know if you're able to ignore all that all the crazy Gear fan base kojima fan base and all the pre-release buzz and all those trailers all of those years if you just ignore all that and just go into it as like just it's just a game um it, it's pretty cool and unique and I, i'm interested to see where it goes i know uh, I'm really sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kate. No, I was going to say that I am just excited that more exclusives are stopping being exclusives. Even if it's timed, mm-hmm. that's fine. But for me, and I'll probably sure we'll talk about the Microsoft thing later on. But like the 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 money gates on games, a lot has to do with with exclusivity. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited to pick up Death Stranding and pick up Horizon when they come over or when that one comes over. So. Oh no, excited. Kate! Kate has broken sacred gamer law. Like, oh, oh no, <laughs> the exclusives are going to PC. I agree with you. I think I, it, I, I completely agree. I don't. I, I have never understood why people get angry about Xbox or PS4 games going to PC. I just don't. I, I don't. Make either. games more available to people. people can play them better. Like, well, yeah. we we've talked about it before, but people need to realize. Like, it's weird because people are stuck in this old mindset, but all the major companies realize now. It's less important where people play your games, just that they play them and that they talk about them and that their friends play them and they get invested in that game. And if it's if it has microtransactions and stores in the game and they buy stuff through there, like the day one bulk unit sales are just not what they not as important as they used to be. And um, I, it's cool. And then, it yeah, like you said, it opens it up to more people. Uh, more platforms, more storefronts, more competition, lower prices. You don't have to buy four different $500 boxes to play all these games. Because uh, who could afford that? All... Yeah, that's what my husband says all the time. That essentially like, oh yeah, cool. Uh, the Spider-Man game was $64. Well, to us, it was $600. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> all right. Uh, Jeff, is that all you got? But yeah. Um... That's all I got. I'm, I'm okay, J- J- Justin, I was going to kick it over to you anyway, man. So go ahead. Oh, just kind of building on what um, what Jeff was saying about Death Stranding is, I I, I really really liked that game a whole lot. It, it was one that really stuck with me. Um, it was my number two game last year, uh, and I'm really really interested to see what the impressions are from people about it on PC because I think um, you know a lot of the themes and stuff have ended up being extremely relevant very quickly. Um, compared to when that game launched. And well, I was, I'm really sorry interested. To, sorry to interrupt. Just as you say that, I was just thinking about a line earlier where I talked about losing our connection to other people and being isolated yeah. and lonely. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, That's what, what the, the whole hell? game's about. Like, that is, like, the theming of the entire game. 
Uh, and I'm really excited to kind of see some of those reactions because they'll be very different than what people had, you know, back in November when it launched. Um, and I also think it's going to be a game that's really popular with the PC crowd due to the amount of like simulation and sandbox stuff in it. Um, but I'm also extremely excited to hear people's reactions to Horizon. You guys all know that I absolutely adore Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm really excited to hear what people have to say about it when they get their hands on it. So um, I'm really looking forward to impressions of of those games. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I didn't really play anything um, this week. Uh, those some, of you that follow me you, know it's been a, an extraordinarily difficult week for me and my family. Um, but I am looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima tonight at midnight. Um, I, I've, I have it preloaded. Um, all the impressions I've heard sound like it was exactly what I was expecting it to be. Um, and I've always enjoyed Sucker Punch's games. Um, I think this one looks gorgeous. Um, and so I think I'm just gonna, you know, kind of chill out this weekend, um, play a lot of Ghost of Tsushima, so... See that's gonna that's be where me. I am. That's gonna be me at midnight, but Paper Mario. I'm gonna play Paper Mario after I'm done with Ghost of Tsushima. I'm looking forward to that too. Dude, I'm so fucking excited about Paper Mario. Holy shit, I'm playing a new Paper Mario at midnight. Fuck yeah! I can't wait. Oh my god, I fucking love it. I love Paper Mario. I, I even love Color Splash. I'll admit it. Like I Color Splash is a good fucking video game. Sticker Star is not. I'm I am fully willing to admit that, but Color Splash fucking rules, and I know Nick and and Andre Seegers over Game Explained uh, agrees with me as well. Um, Derek, um, you know I've, it's been a busy week for me. Like I said, I, I played and, and finished Arkham Asylum. Um, I'm going back and revisiting the Batman Arkham games. I haven't played Arkham Asylum since launch. Holds up really well. I enjoyed your stream today, you play, dude. Yeah. I mean, if you play that on PC, like it still looks really, really good nowadays. It does. Um, I imagine that the uh, backwards compatible and like remastered versions and whatever on PS4 and Xbox One look pretty good, uh, even still by today's standards. Um, it's just, it's a good game. I like how kind of condensed and focused it is. Um, you know, it was just a good time. That and then I, uh, I beat Persona 4 Golden uh, on PC which is, I've, I've never actually played the golden version, so really? all of that new stuff was new to me. Yeah, I played it on PS2 way back in the day, and I never had a Vita. Before it was so, cool. Yeah, before it was cool. <laughs> before there were 50 million spinoffs. Um, and uh, Persona 4 Golden ended up being, um, going back for the first time in, in God knows how many years, it's just interesting to realize, I think A, it's actually less problematic than I think I my brain remembers it being. Like I go I'm assuming, this, Derek. I'm assuming I, you're referring to to Kanji. Kanji and Naoto both, and some other stuff. Like okay. I, I, I I think when I was much much younger, because the game came out like a decade ago, more than a decade. It was, ago. It was yeah, twelve more years than a, ago. Yeah, no, I was in the Marine. Ooh. I was in the Marine Corps when I first played it. It I was don't like, like that feeling. So. Anyway, when it first it came like out. 2006, it was like, yeah, 14 years ago. I loved everything about it very non-critically, and it was very important to me, and I mean, it still is. And then uh, I think not playing it, but just the parts of it that stick out in my memory, as, as time has gone on and I've become more um, in tune with and aware with LGBTQ issues, and I came out of the closet myself, and and things like that. I think the parts that I remember, I remember more harshly than they actually are. And then I go back to it, I recognize it's it's more of like an example of where they missed opportunities to be good, necessarily, than um, 
than that they are like maliciously bad. Like there's stuff in Persona Five that's way worse than anything in Persona yeah. Four. Um, I agree. But but yeah, I uh, you know, which is not to say that there's no room for credit. There absolutely is, uh, and and I have gone into it at length on on Twitter and other places. But um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know. Of, Derek, I don't know how, how hot of a take this is, but P4G is a better game than Persona 5. In some respects. In some respects. I, I don't I, think I, it's hot. I think there's like, it's probably 50-50. Yeah. People I want to play Persona 5 Royal and then think about how I compare those two because um, the revisions do change quite a bit and add quite a bit. So, and I haven't played Royal. So, I'll, you know, at some point I'll do that. I'm not in a rush. I got a backlog a mile long. So, I'll worry about that later. Yeah, so Batman hey, just Persona. Uh, I just want to give a shout out in the chat to uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Dirigit. Thank you for the sub. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, so, Derek, did you say you had something else to talk about? Or no, or, no I'm ready. Move you're on good. to news. You're good to go. All right. For that hot news. So we got a lot of hot ass news to talk about this week, uh, and I want to start by uh, bringing up Final Fantasy VI. Um, Final Fantasy VI to I'm me you now. mute him, mute him, mute him. Shut up. what's that? We... Mute him. All right, mute all right, fine, fine, let fine. Me. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. No, uh, so there's been a lot of gaming news this week, and I think we want to kick it off with Ubisoft. Uh, in particular, uh, Far Cry Six, uh, which you're <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so... battle already. All right, so you know what? I am just going to kick this over to Kate and let her introduce this topic. Uh, Kate, why don't you why don't you, why don't you tell us all about Far Cry Six? So, I preface this with the things that were told to me when I complained. I understand that the previous Far Cry dealt a lot with stereotypes of Southern racists and evangelicals. But they did it because they understood the cultural context. Now, you go over to Far Cry 6, which is in a Latin American setting with a dictator named Presidente. Uh, and that dictator is played by famous Black Italian American Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, yeah, and somehow... His accent got worse from when he played the Chilean villain in Breaking Bad to this game. So it got way worse. And I don't know how you do that. I don't it's know how you make bad. a career playing Latinos and you don't improve that accent. <laughs> like, try a little. And I say this, it hurts because I love Giancarlo Esposito. I love him so much. And The Mandalorian... Frickin' is awesome. As Gus, I'll take him as Gus. I actually didn't know that he wasn't Latino until 2013 when I met him at a convention. And I was like, it's so awesome to see Latinos in big roles. And he was like, oh, honey, no. And I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> see, okay. I, I didn't know until before, just now before the show when we were discussing <laughs> this. So wait, hold on. K Kate, I missed. So, so his name, the character's name is Presidente? Well, the, he's it's the Anton, Presidente. I think. Okay, yeah, he, I thought he, you. I, no, 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 he he he's the pre, he's he's Presidente because he's a dictator. Okay, I'm pretty sure okay, that I thought, Presidente I thought you meant that was his actual name. I was like, wait, it, what? Like, yeah, no, no, because no, because they, they say uh, I think it's like Presidente Castillo. I think is okay. his, his actual name. Oh. 
but he's the president. Kate, the dog. Yes, I was oh. getting there. Okay. 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 So the thing is, is there's also this DLC that they announced uh, where you can get the Discos Locos, which is a gun that shoots discs. Um, and then it sounds like a Taco Bell menu item. Can, it does. <laughs> oh my it gets worse because then you can get sweet little innocent weenie dog baby, Libertad Chorizo. And the thing the is, the dog has a wheelchair too, right? Yes. The thing That's is, cool. is either so I, I I talked to my husband about this extensively because it reminded me of the Brian Azzarello comic where it was Birds of Prey number one. He did like twenty racist things in there. Any of those racist things that happened would have been like oh problematic, but you know we can get over this hurdle by themselves. But he just kept taking the boxes, and at this point, with what I've seen from Far Cry Six. They just keep chicken pecking the boxes. And the thing is, is like, I understand that a bear in Far Cry 5 named Cheeseburger is hilarious. I understand that naming a weenie dog Chorizo can also be hilarious. But they named it Freedom Ch- Chorizo. Th- that's that's literally what it means. It means a freedom sausage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus or like independent sausage. Like it, it's, it's not, there's nowhere where that is cool. And the thing is, is like, I could deal with a stupid DLC, but like the way with which, the, uh, the tone of the trailer that we got for Five Five Six doesn't match a DLC that is chorizo and discos locos. Like it, right. it doesn't match it. And so part of me is wondering, okay, did you want to do a parody or like a satire, which, which could go well if you hire the right people? I do know that they have Latinx consultants that they worked with. I, I did find that out. Um, I want to know if they were involved in Giancarlo Esposito's casting, though, um, because that accent is atrocious again. Um, but the thing is, is they're very they're, they're very separate. So in the trailer, you get this really dark, you know, dictatorship. There's death. It, the the dad gives the kid a grenade and takes the pin out. And discos locos. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, what did you want to do? Because at this point, any shield you had that could have been we're doing a satire of what this genre, what this trope is, goes out the window when you give us a trailer that is that intense. Because that trailer shows that either A... You only know the way these things are done in media and this is how you will present it and you don't understand the nuances in making this satire or B, you just don't care. Um, Like Kate, like it's also like a massive tonal shift, you know, it's, it's like, whoa, like, hold on a minute. Like you're, you, it like, it appears that you're trying to tell, uh, like, you know, a, a serious story, uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden we've got discos locos and, and like what I'm I'm not I'm not fucking kidding you when I saw that I just closed my eyes for a minute. I was like, my oh husband has been trying to get our dog to respond to chorizo. It is as stupid as it sounds when you <laughs> live in your life. The frustrating thing is this is the exact same fucking problem they had with Far Cry Five, whereas like we got yep. the initial artwork yep. and it was like they're gonna go deep into like fucking like neo Nazi like you know cult Southern like all this backwards ass America. And they had this darkness to it. And then you play the game and yeah, there's a bear called Cheeseburger. 
and there's all these like <laughs> jokey characters like you know these like rednecks and hicks and like half the game is just fucking super weird bad satire and then the other half is just toothless like melodrama that just doesn't oh. land at all like it's so they got yeah, two problems here i think they've got some issues with maybe their cultural representations, but then they've also got just the tonal issues where they need to figure out what they're doing with this game. Justin. Well, so Justin, go ahead. Something that, something that I've been thinking about and like, it initially just struck me as kind of funny, but like, I think there's more to unpack with it that I just, I haven't quite been able to piece together, but like, um, you know, they've always had these, fictional locations for Far Cry for the most part, even though they're super obvious what it is. Like, 4 was India, this seems like Cuba, um, with 6. Like, but then for 5, it was just like, yeah, it's fucking Montana. Like, yeah. I, it's super weird. Like, I don't, I don't fully know what that means, but like, it, it just seems like they know that they're doing some of these cultures like poorly so they just fictionalize it whereas oh. they're like oh we did a ton of research in the u.s we loved this space so yeah it's montana <laughs> well that's what you see i mean and this isn't only a problem that's that is what happens in gaming this is the exact same thing that you see in um in comic books if you look at bane bane is a latino character the creator yep. has said multiple times he's latino but he's not from an actual latino place that's a little bit more forgivable because gotham isn't a real place either but like then you look at um at, at marvel comics and it's the same thing which is stupid because a lot of the characters come from real places in those comic books and this it, it, it's kind of a cycle that perpetuates it and it's one of the problems that i wouldn't say that latinx ex experience specifically like like other groups do experience this too but when you look at latinx at the latinx people in the u.s as a community we make up the largest minority group we're almost 20 percent of this country additionally in places like the southwest we literally built them the border moved on us <laughs> and <laughs> when you contextualize it like that there is we have every reason to not be seen as foreign but every time we're represented in media we're never represented as being a part of the story as being somebody who is just there like i don't i mean i guess other than life is strange too but like we don't get to just be we have to be in this fictional place that represents us in a weird way so we can't actually say that you're messing with this culture because, oh, it's a fictional culture that's inspired by the pan-Latin identity. And it all it does is it continues to make people think that we don't belong here or, and, or that as much as immigrant narratives are important, that's not the only narrative that it is. My family, my grandmother is native and Mexican. Like my family has always been here. I've never been to Mexico. Eight generations of my family have and that type, like the type of storytelling that happens in something like Far Cry 6 is all it does is it continually dehumanizes us and puts us in a box that puts us far away from the other narrative. You and know, that's something that's frustrating because I don't care that the dog's name is Chorizo. You could have just done that. I would have been fine. You know what? Piss Giancarlo Esposito is playing an Afro-Latino because Afro-Latinos need roles. But you know what? If it had just been that, that would be fine. 
the narrative, if it had just been that, it would have been fine. And I don't think that that's what people understand when they're like, oh, well, I think Chorizo is funny. I'm Latin, I'm Latinx too. Um, yeah, but it's not just that. Like we're not, like people like me, and obviously I don't speak, I'm not, I'm not the representative of the entire Latinx delegation, but it's the way things compound on top of each other, especially from a company like Ubisoft. And, and I speak, this is removed from their current issues. When it comes to diversity, that company does lead away in games when it comes to doing that, when it comes to giving opportunities. I can say that because I have I have received that kind of help. Like I I have never been shut down when trying to work with somebody from Ubisoft because they see me and they respect the diversity that my platform brings versus a lot of other, especially AAA studios and how they treat me. And that's also one of the reasons why I feel comfortable speaking about Far Cry 6 because I know that they need to hear it, and I hope that somebody pays attention to it. Well, what's interesting about what you just said, Kate, is, you know, like, it, this is this is great, because it, it gives me perspective that I didn't have before, you know? And now, after having listened to you very eloquently, you know, spell that out, it, it strikes me that the only the only ethnic group that got an actual real-world setting in the Far Cry series was white people in yep. far cry five in montana everybody else gets a you know like oh it's this like it 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 like you know oh it, it, it's additional othering right basically. yeah like it, it it makes the rest of the world come off like this far off exotic no it's just the rest of the world like 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 these other cultures exist too why can't they have representation as well and that had never really struck me kate until just now uh so thank you for giving me that perspective if you want to take it one step farther harlem is a block a singular block in the spider-man ps4 game and the apollo theater isn't even in that map in a game that promises to be authentic to new york that's what happens and i found that out because i recorded a a, a podcast with black comics chat and uh tony uh on there he pointed it out because he's an afro-latino and miles means a lot to him and so when he went into that he was like, okay, so what are they going to do for the Miles game? Because the entire part of Miles' identity isn't even included in the actual Spider-Man game. And it's those little things that while they don't have malicious intent, it continually sends the, the message that we don't belong here. And it makes it okay for people in their communities to tell us that we don't belong there. Justin, go ahead, buddy. Also, just one thing. I, this just occurred to me now. Um, first off, I really do hope they at least expand that area for the Miles Morales game because that obviously should be something that they should focus on. But also, like, um, you know, with Ubisoft, I think some of this stuff feels so much more egregious because they have so many studios different places around the world. They, like, they put at the front of, like, the Assassin's Creed games, like, this was made by you know, you know, a multicultural team of different faiths and backgrounds and ethnicities, like of like almost all the big AAA publishers in the world, they're one of the best suited to be able to have a lot of different people from different cultures, you know, represented in their games and give in input and stuff. And they just don't. <laughs> And like I think I think it's a bigger bummer when there's just mm -hmm. like I mean, how many studios do they have over how many different continents and countries? It just seems like, like another case yeah. of like, yeah, 
they have a big studio and they have, you know, some diversity there, but they don't have the right people in the right roles, right? So you can have well, I mean, yeah, they working on army like you need people the at the right, right level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you need them to have some degree of power and creative control exactly. and actually be able to tell their stories. Well, it's the other well, thing too because like you, could, they, I know that they have consultants that worked on it, and I don't want to detract from the work that those those hardworking Latinx did. But the thing is, is like you can be a consultant, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna listen to you. Yep. And that's something yep. that is really mm -hmm. frustrating because like mm -hmm. I've, I mean, I haven't consulted in games, but I have helped in other areas. Like I have looked over people's Spanish and made recommendations of like, okay, well, this is how Spanglish would actually sound. Take this word out, leave this one in, like that kind of stuff. And I've had a couple of times where I've had somebody, well, I really like that word in there. So instead of adding this other Spanish word that you said, I'm going to leave that one, but I still only have one. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm telling you nobody would ever say that word there. I'm telling you to put it somewhere. And that's the thing. Like you can only do so much. You can only do as much good as somebody lets you. But to your point, Justin, that's why I'm so angry. I expect yeah. other people to, to screw me over. I expect other people to not necessarily do their due diligence in representing communities. Hell, I don't expect to be in 90% of video games. Actually, 99% of video games. Because guess what? Name a Latina female protagonist that is a fighter. I don't think I can. Yeah, I mean, I can't no. think of, of a, a Latinx, like, main protagonist in anything that is not explicitly, like, a, a uh, you know, pan-Hispanic kind of, of conglomerate, kind of like a Far Cry 6 or yeah. or something like Shadows of the Damned. Shadows of the or, Damned yeah. is the only one you know, that comes to mind. Or, oh, like, no. or like, just Cause, even, you know? I mean, I can't... voiced by a white guy doing yeah, a well, really bad accent. Not, not anymore, thankfully. Not anymore? Just Cause 4, Orion Acaba. Oh. Okay, is uh good. is i don't know exactly what he is but you can take a look at him and say he's not white and given the last name i think <laughs> he's set so so what's yeah. what's wild what's wild about this whole thing is that in far cry 3 like Voss montenegro was played by michael mando who is of mexican descent um you know so you have a latino playing a latino man great but then in far cry but then in far cry 4 you've got pagan min being played by Troy Baker, and I'm like Troy Baker. I was like, I'm like, wait, why does he have a British accent, and why is he being played by Troy Baker? That doesn't make any fucking sense because every other character in the game who is from who is from this location speaks in an accent. So, so why? I what Troy Baker? I, are you fucking kidding me? And, and I straight up thought he was like a British guy that was like a holdover from colonialism is, is, or something. Is that until not it? it? Is clear, pagan like, men not supposed no, to be like a British? No, he's supposed to yeah. be. No, he's supposed to be somebody from that area. He's from that area. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. So like, so like, so oh, like, I was, Kate, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to oh. say that like, like it's clear. Like, do I think any of this is like intentionally malicious? No. But what it what but it is so inconsistent that like I know Ubisoft can get it right. You've you've got it right in the past. Like like you know you hired Michael Mando to voice Voss. Like you know like you switched up the voice actor for the main character in Just Cause Four. Like like you know how to do this right. So why can't you just keep doing it right? Like I don't yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand. And that to me like when you say it's not malicious, like it's not. But it's. 
the fact that it seesaws back and forth like that is indicative of just not caring, which to me is almost just as bad. It's you know, extra, like, it's extra frustrating because I mean, not that it's ever, you know, we can, we sometimes give things a pass to smaller studios, you know, if a game is made by two or three people, like they don't have the same resources, but Ubisoft has the people, they have the voices, they have the money to do these things right. And they have the profile and platform that telling these stories well and respectfully and with the right voices, you can get that message and that story out to a huge audience. Like it's that with great power comes a great responsibility shit. Right. But like, it's true. Like, and that's why it's so frustrating that if they just, they, they can, they have all the tools they need to do this the right way. They just are stumbling over and over again. And, and Kate, consider this in far cry three as as well as they nailed it with voss who was who was a a very well acted character they kill and they killed him off halfway through the game and replaced him with a white guy from germany as the main villain like i mean uh, <laughs> even, i mean i just it's it's hard know. it's really hard and i i don't and i don't say this point to take away from any other minority dealing with representation in games but when you actually look at the landscape of, of, of Latinx representation, we're so below our actual population size in the U.S. that it, 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 it's extremely negligent and it's extremely hurtful. Like when we get new games announced, we don't get Latinx characters. We don't get to see them. And so for me, the thing that sucks about this is Anthony Gonzalez from Coco is voicing the kid in Far Cry 6. And that's a phenomenal casting. That's amazing. That's giving that kid more work than he deserves. But then you do something like Giancarlo Esposito. And the thing that is gets really tricky here is I've spoke, because I mean, I don't just do games. I also do TV and film. I have spoken with a few people who work at larger sites and, and larger areas where they do actually get contacted from like large celebrity press. And his PR reps him as Latinos. And that's a problem and the thing is is like even just from a latinx perspective we don't get to be anywhere there's actually not a single latino tv show on network television not at all anywhere and we just keep getting canceled so when and that's that's just like broad any sort of latino because there we come in all shades we come in so many different cultural backgrounds the pain and struggle that Afro-Latinos face when they go onto the job market to be hired is even harder because they're too Latino to play Black roles or they're, they're too Black to play Latino roles because of these really deep ingrained anti-Black anti sentiments in Spanish television and also from these hella xenophobic, you know, standards that other Hollywood areas take. And so to purposely write a role cast it with a black man um and 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 to look over the fact that that could have been casted by an actual afro-latino actor like it it's so egregious to me and it is just like justin said it, it's because it i it's because they say that they care and it's because i have been able to see that they care in different areas of how they've interacted me and how they've interacted with stuff but it it i just don't know like i i i want to know 
what went into that casting. I want to know if PR presented in that way and just the same way uh, over 100 people were like, quote, tweeting me saying, oh my God, I didn't know that. I want to know if that was a situation or if it was a situation where like, oh, yo, we can get this guy from the Mando in. <laughs> like, because those are two very different things. And then like the other the other thing that I definitely want to get out too is because I've been taking so much heat for talking about Giancarlo Esposito because they're saying, oh, well, he's mixed and it's very hard for mixed actors to get jobs. That's true. Giancarlo Esposito is in, in Star Wars. Yeah. He's in Star yeah. Wars. Like, yeah. The man has a Funko Pop. <laughs> he is on two of the largest television shows in history. Tell me how he is having a hard time finding work. And mind you, the shows that made him, he was playing a Latino. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I it's mean, a shame I, I, because we should be in, in a slightly different world right now. We're celebrating the casting of, I don't know. We were talking about him earlier, Oscar Isaac, right? Yeah. Instead. And, and yeah. John Carlo Esposito's big role would have been a villain in, in something else, some other big massive game that would have been super excited. And we could be talking about how, much you know how good this theoretical version of Far Cry 6 is doing at being authentic in its casting and its portrayal yeah. of um Latinx people and then also being excited for a major even if he's a major actor like a POC actor to be continuing to get big big roles like that should be a continued success and instead they've combined in just like an incredibly awkward and not not good way like we've lost two separate victories here in in a yeah. in a real way, and it's really frustrating. I was really excited to find out who John Carlos Esposito was gonna be that was getting so hyped up, and then this came out, and I was like, "That's gone." And that's the thing too. If if all of if all the voice cast were Latinos, or let uh, and I say Latinos because they're all men so far. I would have been putting away my qualms with some of the other stuff, and be like, okay, you know what, I'll. I'll wait, you know, I'll see how they handle this. Um, and then you just have every factor compounding and I keep getting told we haven't played the game yet. Yeah, I haven't played the game yet. But if you already have three strikes and the game hasn't come out, when exactly? They haven't even shown gameplay talking? footage. Yeah. Like, like this is just from a teaser trailer. Yeah. Like, this, this isn't even from seeing the game. This is a teaser trailer and a DLC listing. It, it reminds me of everybody's concern about, like, cyberpunk, um, yeah. where where people yeah. were seeing real early warning signs and also knowing that CD Projekt Red is not always great about, you know, everything like, you know, we were worried about how it would handle all of its ethnic diversity and its LGBTQ content. And then there was that, that poster of the trans woman and, and all of us sitting here going like, there's a lot of small warning bells, but there's an awful lot of them, even if they are just like smaller. And that's collectively giving a lot of us this, this pause of like, you know, I don't know that I, I can in good faith be excited about this thing. Or like, I don't expect much. And that sucks. Cause the thing I would want to expect more out of, and and yet once again, you know, if you if you dare to say that, hey, I'm seeing a pattern of things about this big upcoming game that bother me, then there are people who go, oh well, you know, but this one thing is 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 just this, like it's it's just this small thing, and and it's like you pointed out, it's that sum of how everything just builds and builds and compounds and compounds, and how can anyone blame you for going, you know what, I'm probably out of this one. 
they bleed very hard and very fast. <laughs> I I do want to point out though that a Latino man is responsible for the greatest portrayal of a video game character in film history. You're talking about Raul Julia? I, I no, I'm talking about Raul Julia <laughs> as yeah. M Bison I'm... in Street Fighter. In, oh like, yeah, yeah, that fucking Amazing. ruled. Like yes, He's, I. Yeah. Got, God, I miss him. Like, like Raul Julia was the best part. Like the only, not just the only good part about that movie, but a fucking amazing part. Like, and when you read about his, like he considered that to be one of his favorite roles because He's it made treasure. his kids so happy. And, and uh, I will never, I wouldn't see that shit in the theater as like a 14 year old. And I didn't know shit about shit about movies. I just knew that I love video games. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, Street Fighter movie. <laughs> and then fucking M. Bison, like his suit resuscitates him from death. And Rahulia pops up. And he's like, you came here expecting to fight a man and you found a god. And I was like, yes. Like, oh, my God, it was so good. It was so good. So thank you, Rahulia. God, I, I miss him. It, I do, too. He's it, such it a makes great you know fucking actor. It's it's always one of those things because like I don't know like because like one I like I don't want to cast a non Afro Latino actor because obviously like that's that is what Giancarlo Esposito was supposed to be portraying but like at the same time what if Danny Trejo had been given that role like oh yeah he would have killed the dictator because if you've watched him in Ses Manos he has that attitude down yeah. he does so much voice work currently that'd he be, does all of these yeah. things he, that'd be fun to see him as a dictator. Rather than just a an enforcer or yeah. a you know, what like and, and he's so I'm Justin I'm sorry go ahead, sorry he's such a cool dude like just I'm sorry this is a side thing from an interview I heard with him but like he like will go through um like s s film student projects look for roles that he would fit and just show up on set for them and he does a bunch of these every year and like. These students go wild because like, oh my god, Danny Trejo just showed up and is gonna be in our thing. Um, he's he's such a cool he's such a cool dude. He's so that's all I had to say. He's an amazing human. Plus, he plays like, animal. He plays Animal Crossing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh yeah, he does. I also think the other thing too, like if you're not even gonna go with that, pick literally anybody from Narcos. Any of the Narcos shows. It could be Narcos. It could be Narcos Mexico. Any of them. There is literally so much talent there. That's all it would take. Go to Netflix. Look at an IMDb page, maybe. Do, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember when they announced the Prince of Persia movie and they had Jake Gyllenhaal as the Persian prince? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, God, like I'm getting <laughs> no. Now yeah. I'm getting now I'm thinking about all these all these uh, ethnic game characters that have been cast as white people uh, or have been cast with white people yeah. in video game movies. And I'm like, oh, God, like, Jesus Christ, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I'd forgotten all about that. Um, brown people so, don't get to be brown people unless we're named like Cholo number one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at uh, look at Mask of Zorro. You know, like you had uh, you like yeah, it had Antonio Banderas as uh, I was as Zorro. 20, I was 23 years old when I found out that Antonio Banderas was. Mexican and it is the biggest lie and deceit in my entire life and it hurts still. <laughs> my mom my mom didn't know so I called my mom when I found out and told this 50 year old Mexican woman that her favorite Mexican actor was not Mexican she was not happy she didn't believe me it took about a week of me sending her things for her to believe that he was actually a Spaniard 
So, so you know what? So, but but also don't forget that you had uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins playing Don Diego. Did uh, Don Diego okay did okay because Spanish people are white. That's true. Okay, that's true. Spanish that's a good are point. White. They're European. That's a good point. But I, I do <laughs> I do want to point out something that somebody said in chat. This isn't very well known. So uh, they, they talked about Ben Kingsley as the villain in Prince of Persia. Ben Kingsley is actually of Iranian origin, so he's a Persian origin. So he is. That's actually pretty good casting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, he's, his family's from Persia, uh, or Iran. I call it Persia, but you know, it's Iran, but, uh, but yeah, no, like that's not something people know about, which I, I didn't know about. Indian. Until... Yeah. I was gonna say, I uh, thought no, he was Desi, I'm pretty but sure he's Indian. That, I think he's, I think he's half. I think he's, I think he's mixed. Well, I think um, he's, I thought he was white and he was Indian, but I, 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 I yeah. yeah, no, no. So he's, he's, he, he's Indian. He he's actual Indian, like his his family has Indian right. lineage, yeah. and then yeah. they did they spent a lot of time in Zanzibar. Okay. Yeah. But, but he's not he's not a white dude. Yeah, he's yeah, he's happy, not white. That, yeah, that's yeah, that's important. Dude. I had that's, the flip flop here 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 from like Gandhi, where it was like, oh, Gandhi's a really good movie, and then finding out like, oh, Ben Kingsley's English, and maybe we shouldn't do this, and then going, oh, but he actually what? is Indian. And, so. it's, and you know, yeah. what? And, it's, and it's hard a lot of the time too with white passing with white passing folks. Because, and, and it's something that, like, how do I say this? I understand because my name is Catherine because my mom knew the crap that I was going to get. Yeah. So, and, and really there's this really good article out um, on James Roday reclaiming his name as James Rodriguez. And it talks about the complicated process that he went through of being white passing and because of that not being seen as Latino enough to play Latino roles. And taking the criticism of two auditions and deciding to drop Rodriguez and name him and go with Rodé, which is his middle name, um, and how this entire process has made him realize that giving into whiteness and playing to it is a problem, and then how he's taken back his name. But that being said, there is so much that goes into how you're casted when you present a certain way that I, I can't blame actors for choosing to only to change their name i can't blame oscar isaac for dropping hernandez and estrada because he knows that he wouldn't be casted in anything else and so that's that's an unfortunate reality and a really new one because i saw a lot of people who weren't latino talking about how well now he wants to be latino and now he Oh, he's coming back after you know saying no and it was a lot of the the usual suspects you know the, the white allies that talk over everybody um but that wasn't the point of the article the point was is that we live in a system that creates these boxes for us and if we don't fit into them we either get casted out of them and a role goes to Giancarlo Esposito um or we have to change everything of who we are and and being able to pass for white is a privilege in and of itself but the systemic pressures that go into forcing people to change their names. And it happens even in the gaming industry. It happens in streaming. It happens everywhere. I mean, I would rather talk to somebody over email or over the phone instead of going in person most of the time, even in what I do. Um, and that's that's how it all shakes out. And it's really, really hard when you look at stuff. And it's the same thing with Ben King. It's not, it's not something that only Latinos face, but it's something that a lot of people of color in the in the industry face because they understand how they'll be cast in. And it's real hard. It's all real hard. And yeah. Giancarlo Esposito has 
and I quote, he said, I am an Italian man posing as a black man was his was his quote, which was very cringy. And then he also said, quote, I have the European and Spanish essence to play Latino. Ooh. If you didn't he also call up, himself like an ethnic chameleon or something? Yep. Yes, he did. So if you look up uh, in just go into Google YouTube, it's a YouTube interview, and you put in Giancarlo Esposito Latinx or Latino, Latino because he's a guy, um, it will pop up and you'll get to hear this really, really bad interview in which he says he takes Latino roles because there aren't any of us out there and that he stopped doing that because we're there now outside of Gus. Let that sink in. Yeah, bad. I love his acting. I That's real shitty. And that it is really hard when there is so little rolls on things. But come on, man. That's real shitty. It's a lot. Woo! I did not know that. <laughs> um, wow. So it's somebody uh, who I, is I had not heard all the other stuff. Holy yeah. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I gotta tell you, this has been, I mean, like, you know, so far this has been one of the most educational episodes I've, uh, I've been on. Um, and you know, I, I, I just conversations like this are, are why we are, why we value your, your presence and your voice, Kate, you know, because you know, this is what the industry needs to hear. Um, and it's what, it's what we need to hear. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that this week in particular has been frustrating for you. Uh, and uh, I'm very, very sorry that you've had to deal with that. You stumbled um, from one group of angry, dumb white boys on the internet into another yeah. group of dumb, angry white boys on yeah, the internet. Is, uh... I can't even only say the, the, I can't even only say the angry white boys for the Far Cry shit. I saw a whole bunch of angry, Latin, it's Latino, not Latinx people. Get I saw in that. Too. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw white people trying to trying to educate you on that. I'm like, you understand that you're, uh, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> like, not my place. Not my place. Yeah, I'm just like, oh. The Kate two years ago did a lot more than just quote tweeting with anime pictures. This Kate is nice, and people still think I'm hostile. <laughs> well, we all we all know that you're nice, and we all greatly <laughs> we all we all greatly. Uh, appreciate and value your voice not just on this podcast but in the industry in general um part so of that comes you... from not taking every single piece of of mild criticism of other people lacking melanin as a personal attack which yes. people should learn to fucking do <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah a little bit we just um yeah no thank you so much kate for for your perspective seriously no seriously um, thank you for having me on to talk about and being open to have a discussion like this because that's the like the reason none of this changes or it, nobody is having discussions and the thing is if i do it in my own latinx circle they're already ignoring us yeah so, like actually having people use their platforms like this to have these critical discussions is probably the best thing that people can do like if anybody in the chat right now runs a podcast is listening and actually wondering how they can move the needle it's using your your podcast and your audience to bring different voices and uplift them in that way and it's really simple it's not even as like oh i'm going to give up my spot for this person it's like no i'm actually going to utilize the platform that i have built 
to bring that person onto that platform and share them with my audience and hopefully my audience because we don't have the same communities. There may be a little bit of overlap, but my community has heard me yell about M day long. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for letting me come on here and yell about <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's I mean that's how we that's how we choose to use our platform uh as as often as we can. Um and uh so we've got we've got another 20 minutes. Um Derek uh I know that uh we had some other topics to touch on uh if we had time. Yeah. Um I think I think the watch Well, so here's the thing. There, Ubisoft eh. talked about some other stuff, but I don't think anything that they really showed about like watchdogs or assassin's creed was really like new it was just more of it there was a really really shitty use of a poem about the holocaust in the watchdogs trailer oh yeah that i think is a big like what the fuck ubisoft what what are you fucking doing real bad but just a a note about a note about that and i was talking about this in the chat but i want to say it on the show for listeners and stuff but like like I have seen that poem used so much in marketing for movies, TV shows, and other stuff that for me it just hit me as just an eye-rolling hack thing. And I'm really glad people are calling out this because I remembered I'm like, oh yeah, that's fucked up. Like not just it's an overplayed thing to do in marketing. So I'm really glad people are calling that one out because it reminded me of what I need to pay attention to that's more important about that than my reaction to it. Yeah, but but there wasn't really anything else new from Ubisoft's presentation. Far Cry 6 no. was the big thing. Um, but I can tell you, I can tell you what wasn't there, Derek. There was no Beyond Good and Evil Two. <laughs> don't don't hurt me. That all right, hurt. my heart is already mm. in pieces from the way this year has run. Um, but we did get some news, um, some some very like newsy kind of news that I think is worth talking about, worth taking maybe a sigh of relief over. Um, Justin, if you want to take away uh, the discussion about you know, starting with manufacturing numbers and moving from there. Sure. Uh, So we got a little bit of news and insight into some of the manufacturing um, stuff going on behind the scenes for both Sony and Microsoft in the lead up to the launch of their next gen consoles. Uh, In a report from Bloomberg, uh, Sony has almost doubled uh, what their planned PS5 production is going to be uh, from 6 million to 10 million, uh, which that's a huge <laughs> increase. And then they're also, you know, obviously upping DualSense numbers proportionally as well. Um, that means they, one, want to keep everything well supplied. Two, they are committed to a worldwide launch. They've mentioned it a couple times. PS4 was a little bit staggered, came out later in Japan. Um, and three, shows that they're getting good yields on production. Um and then they also have said that there has been an increased demand for gaming, especially with quarantine and with the way things are going in the U.S., particularly right now, uh, doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon, yeah. unfortunately. So, um, so, but from the perspective of somebody that wants to get a PS5, good news. We don't know what the breakdown between the all-digital console and the disc version is, or if there may be any additional um, SKUs in there, but there's going to be a lot more PS5s on shelves 
than we previously expected. And it's quite a bit more than PS4s had. So supply should be good, which is nice to hear. Um, and then also we got a little bit of news about Microsoft's manufacturing plans in that the Xbox One, um, sad, the uh, Xbox One S all digital edition has been discontinued as well as the Xbox One X. The, the Can we get an F in the chat for the Xbox, Xbox One. One X? Can we get an uh, yeah, F for, F an for F the, the chat? Maybe some maybe, F for the X. Maybe some Derek. Maybe some Derek emotes in the chat for the Xbox. To be clear, Justin, um, that's just the digital version of the X. Yes, the digital version. The regular Xbox One S is still going to be manufactured for the time being. And the regular um, they didn't Xbox give a time One frame. X? No, the X is gone. Oh, the X is the whole X, X is, is gone. gone. Yeah, no, dude. The, the whole sorry, X, I misunderstood. X is gone. Okay. Wow, X is no longer going to give it to you. It's just, it's just <laughs> so, bow now. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, what? Which I mean, I think makes sense to me, kind of from Microsoft strategy. The Xbox One X. Once the Series X comes out, the people that would buy the One X are going to buy the Series X. So that makes sense. And then you know. Being able to sell a really cheap Xbox One S, especially with Halo Infinite, and they've talked about how they're going to have cross-gen games for a couple years. They have Game Pass to sell. Um, and the fact that, you know, people that would be probably buying a really low-cost console would also be buying used games, borrowing games from friends, especially with, like, kids and stuff. Uh, the Xbox One S does definitely have some life in it. Um, I assume the PS4 Pro is going to get axed any day now if it hasn't already um base ps4 is probably going to keep selling but uh yeah so those are some interesting manufacturing things justin um, i lead up to next gen. justin i just want to point out my ears broke for a minute and i thought i legit for a second thought you said the xbox uh has some wife in it and i was like i was like is this an anime what is <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> like, no, what? no like, I legit, Xbox is not my waifu. I legit uh, thought that's what you said for a minute. And I, I got was real um, confused. I was playing Death Stranding earlier and I crossed a bridge uh, created by someone named Waifu is Laifu. By the way, by the way, do you know how hard it was to get through all of that with all the different Xbox names and make sure I didn't get them wrong? <laughs> so, so I don't know, like, Go go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So what? What my first takeaway from this is: a, I'm gonna assume that that Sony and Microsoft are probably gonna face pretty similar manufacturing. Now, if I think our biggest concern was that the COVID pandemic was going to potentially like greatly restrict manufacturing That's and parts availability, and 10 million PlayStation fives within was it first year or just launch window i'm trying to so remember. it's i think it's, it's launch, window. launch window i think okay. that's before so that's, i think it's by march yeah which um the ps4 i think i'm not 100 percent sure on this number i think they shipped 7 million in that same time frame i was gonna say i think so, the, the playstation 4 sold like 18 or 19 million total in its first calendar year so yeah. 10 million so i think that launch is a pretty it good is, number it's 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 a decent number more than there were ps4s available in the same time frame yeah 
And I'd assume so, that Xbox would be similar because, I mean, if, if PlayStation, yes. if Sony can get a hold of all those same parts, especially I'd imagine Sony would actually have more difficulty getting a hold of their specific um, super high speed uh, NVMe solid state drives. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd yeah, imagine that's that a totally would, custom thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine yeah, they'd actually have more of a part limitation, right? What I would like to say is, while we're still in a worse pandemic than we were three months ago, yeah. other countries are coming out of their pandemic. Yeah, true fact. Would be, would be nice. Then, Taiwan started the baseball season. It would be nice. Jeff, like, <laughs> how's Jeff feeling up there in Canada? Uh, I'm fine, except the fact these new consoles are going to cost like eight hundred dollars here. But yeah, <laughs> we're we're not getting sick and dying. So, yeah. uh, Kate, call I didn't it a win. Kate, I just realized I cut you off. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I was just going to say, because I remember when we were on, when you brought me on for the PS5 stream, like I held very firmly that they were going to sell a lot. They were, the, their problem was going to be selling out. And that was gonna be what they were worried about. They weren't going to be worried about production. The only no. reason I have a switch is because I won one in a giveaway. <laughs> so that's so. the thing. And like, I wanted to mention that, right? Like, like uh, the, um, Amazon just the other day restocked the uh, the neon colored uh, switch and it sold out in under what I think like 10 minutes. It was just yeah. gone. Um, so it's so it's not that the demand isn't going to be there. I think it's going to be and I saw somebody mention this in chat. I don't know who it was, but it's not it's going to be the shipping yeah. of these consoles. That's going to that is going to potentially hurt. Yeah. Uh, so that was mentioned in the Bloomberg report and this is just speculation and theory on my part, but given how huge the PS5 is, is a and apparently that thing weighs 10 pounds, wait, according wait, wait, to... What? According Big beefy to, boy! <laughs> according to... a little baby Xbox for being a PC. <laughs> um, Get out of here. 10 uh, according, it's, a, it's according to one of the... Um, one of the European listings. Yeah, that th that thing's big. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. Like, so geez, I would if you would, I would actually <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's what limits Sony's ability to ship, because that's less that you can fit. Fuck yeah, ten pounds. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Are you kidding me? Like that's a that's, that's a hefty friend. Is it going to cost eight hundred dollars for you to buy it? But it's going to cost sixty dollars in shipping. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's like <laughs> like you're, it's, you'll get a second job I, and also a gym membership to fucking carry the thing home. <laughs> Holy like, shit. That, th that thing is huge. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, ten ten fucking pounds. That weighs more than my cat. <laughs> it's a lot of juice. That, it's a small so child. That's mm -hmm. fucking I mean, ridiculous. Honestly, somebody said it better not sound like a jet engine. And from basically my entire <laughs> understanding, I think the reason it's so big and so heavy is some ridiculous cooling. <laughs> Mark Cerny called out the sound profile of the PS4 and the PS4 Pro in his uh. presentation. Um, from everything I know about, like, their approach to the chip design, the chip itself should be um, smaller than um, the Xbox Series X chip. So I think they probably have some ridiculous 
ridiculous cooling in this thing. It's an eight pound heatsink, and the console is only two pounds. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so um, I'm interested. We we're supposed to be getting a teardown of it soon in March, according to Mark Cerny. That hasn't happened yet. I really do hope that teardown still happens, especially now that they are in manufacture. Um, but yeah, it is big. Um, sorry, if we're not done with the hardware yet, can we touch on Microsoft services as well? Because there was a couple... Yes, um, I was actually just about to transition to that. Do you want to... Take yeah, it, that's a yeah, short piece, mind. but it's a so big there, one. Yeah. There's two things, and I want to talk about both, but I think one got overshadowed. So the first one is um, Microsoft announced that xCloud is going to be included with Game Pass. And um, there's a bit of confusion earlier. I was talking with Derek about this. So they did announce earlier this year, back in April, I think, um, that Game Pla- or xCloud would come to Game Pass. But nobody knew would it be with Game Pass Basic, would it be with Game Pass Ultimate, or would it be a third, more expensive tier of Game Pass that includes xCloud. So they announced today... If you have Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, you will get xCloud streaming with all those. You'll be able to stream all those games, um, no extra cost, just whatever you're paying for your Game Pass Ultimate right now, which is obviously great news. Um, it's great news for xCloud. And it's great news for Game Pass. It's just more added value for people. It's more accessibility. It's a better way to play more games for a reasonable price. But I think what got buried a lot with that news is they quietly removed the one-year Xbox Live Gold sub, which is a big fucking deal because I think. I don't know what the U.S. price were. I think it was about 60 bucks U.S. Um, for a year mm-hmm. of Xbox Live Gold. So now yep. your only option is to pay $10 a month for Xbox Live Gold. I don't know what it costs, um, but basically we've gone from $60 a year to, I think, at least $100 a year. Well, pay, you would be paying $10 a month for Gold, or you would be buying the bundle with the Game Pass and buying that yearly cost. Right, but for people that just have an Xbox and aren't interested in Game Pass, right? Like, if I buy all my games day one, like, maybe people aren't interested in that. The type of games they want to play aren't on there. They just have their Xbox. They just want to play online. All of a sudden now, the cost of that has gone up quite a bit. I don't know. To me, that's that's a pretty big change, and I think it's good for Microsoft. Um, but it's it's a big shift, and I don't know if they're going to be phasing out Xbox Live Gold entirely. That's or... what I was going to say. Like, I think that it's less about trying to pocket more money by making people go monthly. But I will say, and I say I do say this as somebody with Xbox bias, but like Xbox has been the most affordable platform to me for me, mainly in console price and the way their game has gone. And one of the things that doesn't get talked about in conversations about pricing is one of the reasons of the fighting community. Is the largest and most diverse esports community is because of the accessibility behind fighters that are you go to an arcade you play you can get good that way you don't spend so much money like growing up everybody you had one person's house that you went to and i don't know a mexican did it any differently um to play those games and that really fits with when you look at how COVID has affected people too, because the largest population that's being hurt right now by COVID is Latinos with the black community right behind them. And so when you look at how this next generation is going to marginalize people even more with high pricing, one thing that Game Pass and xCloud does is it allows for cheaper gaming, the non-necessity of consoles, and in order to give ac- adequate support to an influx of that, which I assume they're they're going to take into consideration you're going to have to limit other things. So I see it more as being a move to move away from Xbox Live Gold and shifting towards putting all their resources into the xCloud Game Pass basket. Personally, which is why I'm not upset about it. Because usually pricing things are... Pricing things 
are my issue because I know how many people who look like me it, it affects. And I don't want those people, you know, having to wait so long to come in. Like, I want everybody to play games and everybody should be able to play games and afford them. So I usually get up in arms about any sort of price. But I think that that's where the main is, to move it to a more... It, it It's good money-wise for Xbox, but I also think moving, a, moving games to a more normalized way of, like, playing on your phone and everything like that and removing console the steep console prices and allowing all that backwards compatibility man like everything they've done has shown that they're putting consumer first so i'm really hesitant to say yeah they're just gonna screw mm -hmm. people over with this xbox live thing well you know it's some, someone uh, in chat, no, 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 jeff go ahead i'm sorry i was just gonna say someone in chat pointed out something i read this earlier so the other rumor i guess going around is they're actually gonna make when they get rid of xbox live gold is that it's just gonna be free or there's gonna be some basic free tier of online gaming which would be obviously amazing, you know, and maybe it's it's not fully, like maybe there's some stuff that you only get with Game Pass Ultimate, but if, you know, maybe there would be some free tier of Xbox Live Gold where you could at least, because I don't know if you guys remember back in the early days of Xbox, like I couldn't even watch Netflix without an Xbox yeah. Live Gold subscription, oh, yeah. which is crazy because I already subscribed to Netflix. Yep. But, uh, so they've come a long way since then, but I, I think that would be amazing if they could have some sort of basic tier that's opened up to everyone for free, and then say, you know, maybe there's just this other part that's wrapped in Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, I think that would be great. And I also, too, I do want to point out, too, because I know you mentioned, like, people who, like, just have an Xbox and buy their games. But I do think that that is still a very particular type of gamer. And I think what moving your entire system to Game Pass model, which actually eliminates the need to buy games, it makes your platform much more open in moving that way. Um, it's something I wish I had as a kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, um, Justin, I know you had your, you know, dude, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, make your point. I'll just be quick. I don't know. I, I don't think live is going to disappear entirely soon. I think no. this is the beginning of a transition because I mean, when you look at the numbers, over a hundred million people subscribe to Xbox, Xbox live, that's more than subscribe to PlayStation plus. And even, even with the big, um, even with the big divide in user base. And I think that's really important and it makes a lot of money for Microsoft. I think that we could eventually see a transition um, into it, but like, I think people are expecting an imminent drop of live gold um, between now and the console launch. And I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I do think they could make some, I think one move that I'm surprised Xbox hasn't done yet um, but like on, um, on PlayStation plus, you do not need a plus subscription to play free to play games online. I can see them. And currently you do, uh, with Xbox live, yeah. I can see them easily dropping that requirement. I think that makes a ton of sense, mm -hmm. especially with how yeah. big, um, like Fortnite and other stuff are, um, and I know also Sony kind of, they don't talk about this, but they kind of incentivize plus to those users by like having pretty regular like PlayStation plus member only content drops for those free to play games. Um, so I could definitely see that sort of thing um, in the near future. But I definitely think long term getting everybody onto Game Pass Ultimate is going to be Xbox's strategy. And I think, too, like, I think one of the reasons that I think often gets left out, and this may just be anecdotal, but be, I think one of the reasons that, like, Xbox Live is so, 
robust and like it, or it has so many people subbing to it one you need it but two there's just so much more multiplayer and co-op play that happens on xbox any 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 of their their first party games are multiplayer or co-op and that type of thing breeds the necessity of having some sort of online connection and you don't get that really in playstation first party games it's all single player most of the time yeah um and so that the, it instinctively builds two different types of communities i'm not putting one above the other but then i i do think that that very much means that these two communities value different things and i also think that that's why um playstation doesn't make people have plus to play multiplayer games because they understand that their broad base of those exclusives that everybody likes to to talk about are not necessarily buying this for all those experiences not saying that they aren't but there's a very different demographic that comes station and xbox um just in in my like uh minimal and very you know, small little hole of where i live my audio my, my audio dropped out for a minute can you guys hear me yeah yeah I think we all just stopped talking. Okay, no, no, no. I was, I was just observing. I've been observing the gradual uh, evolution of our names on the Discord display. Uh, yeah, that I was that too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Derek has uh, progressed to just gay, and I'm still <laughs> Jeff, and Justin is cat. I daddy. haven't. Uh, wait, I'm big himbo. <laughs> <laughs> How am I? See, I can't see any of this because I can't run the Twitch stream and Discord at the same time. I just have the chat open. I'm a big himbo. I John, you've been big himbo have, the whole show, buddy. I don't buddy. have a nice, I don't have a funny name. Where's my give, funny name? Give Kate a funny name, Derek. You can call me spicy. Kate. I give you permission. That can, that can work. Derek is on give, it. Derek is, I can see Derek working furiously right now. <laughs> the gears are going overdrive. Derek is. There we go. Yeah. Nice. There we go. All right. I like it. I like it. I've been wait. I've been big himbo for the entire show. Yeah. Almost. John, you've been big himbo for longer than this, well, this yeah. one show. <laughs> I guess that. I guess that's good. You know, um, I will say, as a defender of himbos. Yes. Himbos, himbos are, are valid. Very, very good thing. Himbos are people I've to heard. lead with their yes. heart. They're loyal. That loyal may lead to a little bit of gullibility. But they're very emotionally intelligent and are there to protect you. They're not the toxic masculinity yes. that they may look like. It's a it's a, it's four squares, right? You have you have bimbos and, and, and himbo is not a male okay. bimbo. Okay, I'll take it. That would be a himbim. Yeah. So you yeah. have himbos and herbos. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> over exactly. here. So <laughs> there is an alignment chart. Yeah, we'll go through yeah. it. It's study so it. We'll right. learn it. <laughs> I did an entire episode of my anime podcast on himbos. Yeah. We defended himbos, them. Himbos that good. Very Himbos are great. So uh, okay, embrace yeah, the himbo, himbo, John. Um, I I will. I'm. I will embrace, embrace it. I will embrace my inner. I will embrace my inner himbo. Um, <coughs> that's weird to say. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're we're bumping up against our time here. Um, I want to thank uh Kate for coming on, uh, and and talking with us. Uh, Kate, I honestly like I I really really value. We all value your perspective on stuff like this. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on and and helping uh, helping to walk us through. I learned a lot uh, talking to you, and uh, I w w you have an open door here. Like you you can come on literally whenever you want. So yeah, thank you so much, Kate. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. Seriously, like I said, this is it, it's important, and I'm happy that y'all. I'm happy that when I said yo, I want to talk. 
do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Kate, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Oh My Mithrandir on Twitter. If you get the joke, you get a gold star. I don't know I how to get it. Out, I get, get it. One. <laughs> I understand um, that reference. <laughs> um, so you can find me on Twitter. That's where I am most of the time. Um, I'm, I put myself out there a lot. So if you want to talk, just at me. I'll talk to you. Um, don't be a dick. I will just spam you with bad anime pictures. It's what I do <laughs> at this point. Um, but no, like follow me, follow my site at but why though PC on everything. It's I I'm not my site. My community that we've built over the course of these last two years is, and we're extremely diverse. Our main our main mission is striving to have an inclusive community where people can share their experiences and the multitude of them that come into it. So check us out. We're really awesome. Got a lot of great writing and podcasts. So um, but yeah, that, that's, that's me on all my things. And I have an Instagram, but I don't really post it that much, but if you want to see my dog, that's probably where you <laughs> see them the most. So. <laughs> all right. Great. And, um, uh, just a little, uh, just a little housekeeping. Um, we've had some big guests on, uh, over the past couple months. Uh, we've got some more big guests coming up within the next couple months. Uh, you could say that there is a, uh, I don't know, some clouds on the horizon, maybe um i i don't i, I don't I, I don't i don't know like like I, you know i'm just i'm just saying you know the weather might be getting a little stormy here uh soon so please Wrap stay tuned for that shut man you know what let me let me, <laughs> let me more importantly up, now that we have um some space on the podcast for a while at least until we decide on a couple of of permanent new additions uh, we are going to take advantage of our smaller crew size to have guests on like all the time, whether that's uh, more like any developers, more of our friends and media um, community members, all of that. So it's just going to be community a storm member first first community member next week, Derek. Brittany. Yeah, Brittany's going to be on, you know, her is uh, at it's Peachy on Twitter. She's going to be uh, joining us uh, next her. week. Our, yeah, our first community guest. And then uh, our, and then after that, it's going to be. It's going to be Bronson. It's going to be fucking Bronson. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> we can't have Justin and Bronson on the same show. It'll cause a singularity. It's going to be Bronson. And after that, we're going to have Blaine on. And it's just good. It's 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 going to be great. Uh, so uh, Brittany, Bronson, Brittany, Bronson and Blaine uh, <clears throat> over the next few weeks. Uh, and we're going to have more guests on as well. Yeah, Bronson, I see you. Uh, and uh, oh. all right. Anyway, uh, if nobody has anything else, I'm going to go uh, make a cup of coffee and get ready for Paper Mario Midnight. And as always, it's not always poetry and we don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next Thursday, take care of each other. Be safe. Wear a fucking mask. And we'll see you later. <laughs>